Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to the NRL Show, Episode 6, and I'm your host, Dan Frost, and I'm joined by the best panel in the business. I've got Alex and Pierre with me tonight. I'm still missing our friend Stacey, but she'll be back uh, next week to talk all things NRL. Yeah, and we're going to start off with a few hot takes. Let's go around the grounds. I might start us off, guys. My hot take for this week is if Wayne Bennett wins a premiership with South Sydney, I actually think he's going to retire from coaching. Um, I know that everyone's been quite interested in terms of where he's going to be coaching, uh, you know, next year and the year after. He's already said that he's moving back to Brisbane. But, look, I just think that, you know, if, if South Sydney was somehow able to, you know, a bit of a fairy tale finish for him and, and, and Adam Reynolds and win the premiership, I think he'd actually go out and retire. Alex, have you got a hot take for us off the top? Uh, this might bring up mixed feelings for, for some people, but uh, I think uh, the Roosters should have, kept Joseph Swally out of the side for at least, you know, another season. They they brought him in maybe a little too early and he, he wasn't able to quite measure up to the media hype. Um, and, and now he's injured. So I think that's that's unfortunate, but I think they should have kept him out for another season. Yeah, very difficult, obviously, yeah, with, with all the injuries that they had. But, um, yeah, no, you're right. There was a lot of pressure on him. and um, But, yeah, hopefully he can get himself better over the preseason and come back um, bigger than ever next year. Pierre, have you got a hot take for us? Yes, my hot take is that DCE is the best half in the game currently. Ooh, okay. Had a really slow start, but I'm finding that now he's finding his feet and um, he's playing amazingly. Yeah, no, it's he's. Uh, I, I guess the, there's just a lack of you know top quality experience halves you know across all of the all of the, the NRL teams and, um, yeah, as the Australian captain, he was under so much pressure uh, at the start of the year and obviously during the state of origin, but, yeah, has picked up a little bit of form there. So, no, that, that's bold, that's for sure. The other thing that we want to quickly touch on before we get into our first segment is the uh, is our, our leaderboard. So each week for our new listeners, we tip an underdog. You know, we're brave and bold here um, on the So You Think You Can Ball podcast. Uh, so let's just have a quick look at the leaderboard. Um, Pierre, you're sitting uh, at the top um, with your points after um, what was a – it's been a good couple of weeks for you. You tipped the Warriors um, in back-to-back weeks and they were able to get the job done against uh, Cronulla last week. Yeah, look, I think um, the Warriors did really well. I think the Sharks started – They, I think the Sharks played really well. It's a really tight game, but I felt the Warriors just brought it home a little bit better than the Sharks. was very happy with the Warriors taking it home. Now, Alex, looking at the leaderboard, we have Stacey and Pierre at the top on equal points. Um, I, I'm underneath them after I decided to uh, to be bold and, and, and tip the Bulldogs to beat West Tigers. Now, uh, I guess, yeah, it, it was a bit of a close game early, but, yeah, the Bulldogs, they, they certainly don't have the attack to, uh, to to sort of get the job done. But, Alex, you, you can feel my pain because you're having some equal struggles. Uh, you're tipping you tipped Parramatta. Uh, to beat to beat South. Um Again, I love your boldness, but that one didn't pay off. Nope, that one didn't pay off. And this is why I don't bet on games because, I look, I love, love an underdog and they had some real early signs of potential in that game, um, but they just could not get over the line. Could not, the could not beat that red-hot uh, South Sydney Rabbitohs side. Oh, well, we'll see how we go. And um, tonight we'll be tipping more underdogs and we'll see if we can um, – 
slowly chase down Stacey and Pierre on the top of the leaderboard there. All right, guys, well, let's jump straight into our first segment, the breakdown. So in the breakdown, we uh, we feature two key games uh, from the round ahead. And this week, I, I guess we're starting to see the intensity rise uh, in the competition as sides battle for their place in the semifinals. It's do or die. One game. Got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Um, not everything went to, went to plan at all. Uh, and they run through our ass like shit through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, our first uh, our first game that we'll be featuring on the breakdown is a huge clash. It's the Manly Warringah Seagulls will take on uh, the Parramatta Eels on Saturday night at Brookvale Oval. Let's start with our Manly fan in Pierre. Uh I guess it has been a remarkable season for the Manly side. With a lot of players in form. What's your thoughts coming into this game? Obviously, it was a little bit of a disappointing loss against the Storm, but what's your thoughts on this one, Pierre? I'm hoping that the the Storms, the loss that we had to the Storms was, um, is going to lift um, Manly because it, as much as, yes, they lost the game, but the scoreboard didn't really reflect that. I felt like it was a closer game than a 28-18, to 18, I think, um, score against the Storms. I don't think it reflected the hard work the boys put in to defend their line and also attack really well. So I'm hoping that coming into this week's game against Paramount Eels, they're a lot more confident. They're um, a little bit more aware of what they need to do in their positions and as, as a team to get the job done. Alex, you know, some, sometimes in sport there's good losses and there's bad losses. And I think I said early, uh, earlier in the week um, on, on the last episode that you know, after I watched that game, you know, where Manly lost to Melbourne, I came away with more confidence in that team. In fact, I actually have them, um, you know, uh, in the grand final this year. What's your thoughts after last week? Do, do you think that will give them extra motivation heading into this one? I think it'll definitely give them extra motivation. I think when you're playing a team that's top of the table, um, you know, it, if you win, it's great. If you lose, it it kind of spurs you on to be able to get back and play them again and kind of break into that that top four, if you will, and, and try and play them for the Premier. So I think they'll be gunning, gunning for, to be able to play the Storm again because I, I think that, you know, those two sides are very strong and I think they, they bring in some great footy. Pierre, on the other side, uh, the Parramatta Reels, I, I really feel like this is their grand final. You know, like if they have the Sydney Roosters uh, and they have this Manly side that are chasing them down for that fourth position, you know, what what's your thoughts on, on, on this game? Is that me being hyperbolic or, you know, is this one of the most important games for Parramatta this year? No, I'm with you, Dan. I think um, Par- Parramatta, honestly, they need to do something real quick and um... – <laughs> They basically just need to get back in the game. They're, at the moment, they're not really doing anything um, amazing or they're not really playing. I don't really think they're playing together as a team and that shows on the scoreboard, unfortunately. And I believe that if they're not able to win against Manly this week, this weekend, I think that's a very long, deep downhill slide for them. Alex, I'm a big softy, you know that. And, you know, seeing the footage of Reed Marnie, uh, you know, injury shoulder, I, I guess as athletes, sometimes when we have those serious injuries, you just know, you just know when it's when it's a serious one. And obviously 
He's ruled out now for the rest of the season. That's a huge loss for Parramatta. You've got to feel for a guy who, you know, has had a really good season for Parramatta and whilst they are on a bit of a slide, they'll definitely play semi-finals football. You've got to feel for Marnie after that injury. Yeah, I, those are always tough to watch. You know, they're, to see a player like that who's been consistent for them and been an impact for them to to go out like that, to finish your season that way when you still have, you know, so much to give the team in the next couple of rounds. You know, it's 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 hard to watch. It's hard to see. But, you know, being, I don't know how the U.S. bounce back from this one, to be honest. Pierre, Parramatta, they're an interesting franchise because – I know that there's a few clubs in the NRL that would kill for their record over the last few seasons. You know, I, I guess it depends on on how you, uh, I, I guess, what your thoughts are on success. But, you know, th- there is a fair bit of pressure now on Brad Arthur because whilst they are one of the top teams in the competition, it, 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 it appears they just can't keep pace with the very elite clubs um, in the NRL you know, what's your thoughts on the Brad Arthur coaching situation? You know, he's obviously done a lot for that football club, but, you know, if the Eels were to lose this game uh, and sort of fall out of the top four and potentially struggle in the finals, where does that put Brad? Look, I'd like to think that, um, you know, he's able to stay with the club after, depending on what the boys do on the field um, after the game. But I think that really comes down to... um, do you know what? What else can he contribute more to the team? Like, has he has he reached the the max that he could do f- to help the team and help them get um help them get up to a success to the successful team that he that they were at the beginning of the season and hopefully maintain that for next season, or do does he not think he's able to do that? So I think it's a really hard question to ask, just purely because um, as a coach you can only do so much off the field, right? You can only teach the players a certain amount of things before they can actually take it on field. Should they stick with Brad Arthur? Yes, no. Um, I'm going to say yes. Alex, uh, you know, if we, look at, if we look at these two sides, there are quite a few interesting matchups. One that I've got highlighted is uh, the battle of the fullbacks. Now, I'll go to you to start with because Pierre has been hammering us for quite a long time about Tom Travojevic and the season that he's had. It, it has been... Really, really impressive. From the outside looking in, are you surprised in terms of the levels in which Tom Travojevic has reached this year? Um, no, I think he's been he's been a great player for for Manly. I think he's been able to step in and and shine where he needs to. And I think that's you know, I mean they've had multitude of players step in and shine for them this year, which is why I think they've now do so well. So no, I'm not not surprised at all. Pierre, you know, I was watching him very closely uh, in the last round and I thought that the Storm contained him quite well. Manly do appear to be a bit of a Swiss Army knife in that they can attack you in multiple ways. So, you know, last week they were obviously shifting uh, Melbourne's pack around, you know, quite a lot. They were hitting the edges quite early and, you know, Tommy didn't have that big of an impact. I guess this week, you know, they have the ability to kind of change their style again and play a little bit more direct up the middle and have Tom sort of hunt in and around the ruck. Has that been one of the things that's impressed you the most with your manly side is that they can kind of change the way in which they attack uh, week to week, but also within a game? Yeah, definitely. I think um, Haz has done a really great job in in um, making his team more versatile depending on who they're up against. Alex, talk to us about the opposite fullback in uh, the Parramatta skipper, Clint Gutherson. Now, 
he's quite an interesting player when you look at it because you even saw it during his last contract negotiation where, you know, Parramatta, they recognise he's the skipper, he's one of our better players, but still he's not the absolute elite fullback. You know, he's not a million-dollar player. I, I think they were able to sort of get him under contract for around about 700000 a season. But talk to us a little bit about what Clint Gutherson does offer Parramatta. You know, obviously it's a big, it's a huge matchup against Tom, but, um, yeah, what's your thoughts on what Clint can bring to uh, Parramatta in, in what I think is is their game of the season? Um, he, he brings a lot of kind of determination, I think, fire to the side. Um, you've seen it in the last kind of two weeks when they're, when they're struggling. He really tries to, I think, put the team on his back and, and take them with him. Um, and I think, you know, with that... And I think you saw uh, two weeks ago against the Roosters, he just, he gets frustrated. Um, and, you know, it, it, that's hard too when you're someone who has so much effort and desire to play good footy. He just wants his teammates to come with him. Um, you know, I think he commands really well. I think he's got a lot of respect for his teammates, but I think he's that driving factor. And right now he needs his teammates to get on board with that. And he just can't get into, he can't get him to buy in. And I think it's, it's, it's frustrating because he's, he's a strong player and he has that competitiveness to him that, you know, when you're coming up a big side, like Manly, you've got to bring your teammates with him. He can't be the only one out there fighting. He needs everybody on that field to go with him. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's go through our tips now. I think I know where you're going, but uh, yeah. Who are we tipping in this one? Your team Manly or Parramatta? Definitely Manly. That's no brainer for me. Sorry, Parra, but I've got to go with my home team. <laughs> Alex? Um, well, considering I went for the real underdog last week in the Eels and they kind of let me down a little bit, I've got to go with Manly here. I kind of say this in most Parramatta games, but I think it's going to be closer than what people think. Um, you know, Manly do have a tendency of going out and putting 50 or 60 points on on teams that are not the Melbourne Storm. But no, I think it will be tight. But just the loss of Reed Marnie um, out of hooker, I think that's a big loss for them. And we're starting to see the pressure get really turned up on their halves. So, you know, Mitchell Moses, you know, even though he's only just back from that uh, back injury, and I know he's not 100%, but between him and Dylan Brown, they need to have a game of their lives to be able to compete. So, yep, Sea Eagles for me. All right, excellent. So let's step through now to our second uh, featured game in the breakdown, and that is the Cronulla Sharks are taking on, if I'm reading this correctly, the greatest uh, rugby league team in the competition in the Newcastle Knights. Uh, Alex, I'm going to start with you. What's your thoughts on, on, on the Knights so far this year? Obviously, they've had their injury issues, but as a Roosters supporter, you know, you're probably giving us no sympathy um, given what you guys have been through. Oh, yeah. Look, I think at this point, every it looks like every team's had their injury issues. So I don't think we can use that as an excuse anymore. Um, I think this, this year is the year of the injury. Um, if you will, uh, for most teams, but the Knights have been able to do well, you know, they've tough loss to the Roosters, you know, but to be able to come back and win, win the next two has been good. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting matchup against, against the Sharks. Pierre, give me something, you know, this is, this is probably one of the, the biggest games for the Knights in recent memory, as we try and hold on to uh, a top eight, a top eight spot, um, has it sort of has there been anything in the Knights play that's impressed you in recent times that yeah can give me a little bit of confidence going into this one against Cronulla? Um, look, I think they've. Uh, they've I, I still think Newcastle have um, have a chance to get up into the top eight. Um, you know, I think they've got some strong middles in uh, in the forward pack there. They've got Frizzell. I think they've got a lot of work to do on with their outside backs. Um, 
not strong component of the team there. But Alex, I'm a little bit torn when I look at the Cronulla Sharks because you know they have had such a disrupted season. You know, obviously they had the removal of their coach in Morris. Um, Josh Hannay's come in as a caretaker coach. Uh, a caretaker coach. They've had their their halfback in Chad Townsend uh, leave the club. And, you know, you talk about injuries. They're, they're missing some serious players here. You know, the loss of Sean Johnson, you know, Matt Moylan, Wade Graham. What's your thoughts on the Cronulla Sharks this year and, and, and what's your thoughts in this particular game? Um, I think when you have that much change as far as coaching staff, as far as personnel, as far as injuries, I think it's really hard to stay strong and consistent because you've got so much interchange happening. You know, you've got to buy into a new philosophy when it, you know, whether it's a temporary coach or not, when they come in, you still got to try and play to, to their game style, which might be different to the previous coach. Um, you know, and you've got injuries, you've got to then fill players in that, you know, haven't had a lot of time together. Um, and, you know, as we saw kind of in last week's game with the Sharks, they're a young team. And I think it's just, they make, you know, silly errors where it just comes down to experience. You know, when you've got an experienced side and or they're doing, they're not going to make those errors. So I think coming up against a, a side like the Knights, um, you know, who've also had injury woes, I, I think the Knights look a little more experienced than the Sharks are right now. Um, I think the Sharks are kind of, they've got their young squad in there that just needs some more time, time to gel. So I, I think this is going to be a tough one for the Sharks. To Alex's point, you know, you look at the Sharks and, and they, they, they've got two young halves in there because of their situation with Connor Tracy and Brad and Trindle. What, what are some of the challenges as a young, fresh face coming into a team? What what what, what makes the game so difficult as, a, as an inexperienced player coming into a system? I think the biggest, um, biggest hurdle, in my opinion, that you come in as a, as a rookie um, half, I think is just understanding where the team is at and where you've got to come in and change that or where you've got to come in and um, kind of seep into the role and be able to have that done seamlessly without any kind of interruptions because you're kind of wanting it to be seamless so that you don't cause any disruptions throughout the team and you also want to come in and be able to play the way the team has been playing previously so that you're not again causing any more disruptions on the on how the team's playing. Alex, as a coach, what's your approach with some of these younger players in terms of, you know, having younger players in in such crucial positions within a team? Um, I think as a coach, you've really got to give them everything you can in a quick manner, which some players will take on board and some players won't. Some players it takes them a while to be able to register everything you're giving them. Uh, good young players will be able to register really quickly so you can give them a, as much information as they need to be able to succeed. Because in the day, as, as a coach, as, as Pierre said in the past, you know, your, your job as a coach is to give them everything you can so they can go out and succeed on the field. Um, and that's when you have a young side who are inexperienced in key roles, you have to say, hey, look, this is everything you need to do in this job. And you need to do everything in that job. And unfortunately, they're going to be able to maybe do one, two, but the likelihood of them being able to do all of them is slim. Um, but I guess at the end of the day, you still need to give them the opportunity to try. Let's talk about some of the resilience that this club has shown. I guess one of the things that me and you spoke about is, you know, some of the challenges they had with their salary cap in and around the fullback position. I guess the ongoing joke was 
how many fullbacks do you need? You know, they had Matt Moylan, they had Josh Dugan. And a player that I wanted to call out was uh, William Kennedy. Alex, uh, if we look at William Kennedy, so, you know, he's come in, he's had a great season, he scored 11 tries. Um, you know, the huge signing for Cronulla coming in next year will be Nico Hines. And as we know, he can play, you know, he can play fullback, he can play 5'8". What's your thoughts on William Kennedy and Nico Hines going into next year? Do you see William holding on to that fullback jersey and Nico going to six, or do you think Nico will take over that fullback role? Oh, I think Nico might end up taking over that that fullback role, just because he brings in probably some experience into that role that the team might need a little bit more structure, um, a little bit more leadership. So it'd be interesting to see who takes it, but I think he'll end up edging out and taking that role. Pierre, what would you do there? Yeah, look, I, I'm with Alex on this one. I think Nico will um, will come in and edge out uh, Kennedy for the role. Yeah, no, he's certainly uh, he's certainly a talented player, Nico. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to keep an eye on. Well, his competitor, you know, coming into this one, one of the matchups that we we looked at was obviously yeah, Will Kennedy coming up against a, a little known fullback, Alex. I don't know if you've heard of this guy, one Kalen Ponga. As a Knights fan, it's been a little bit of a frustrating season, I guess, for Kalen. You know, he's had a few injuries, but. Um, you know, there has been a little bit of inconsistency in his play. You know, he starred against the Raiders a couple of weeks ago, but then was a little bit quiet last week against the Broncos. What's your thoughts on Kalen's season so far and what's your expectations coming into a do-or-die clash against the Sharks? I'd like to see him have a little bit more um, of a role and kind of, you know, be a little bit more of a standout player. As you said, I think he's he's been a little quiet in the last couple of games. Um, so to be able to have him come out and make an impact, I think it'd be good for the Knights. All right, guys. Well, let's let's tip this one now. Um, Pierre, we'll start with you. But yeah, who, who are we tipping in this one? The Cronulla Sharks or the Knights? I'm actually going to go for the Knights. You know, I wasn't really impressed with the Sharks game um, too much. I felt that there had a lot of deficiencies in their second half of the game. And, um, you know, I, I, even though the Warriors won, which is what I wanted them to do, I still felt like Sharks could have won. Alex, your thoughts on this one? Um, I got to go with Pierre on this one. I think the Knights will be able to pull it out. I mean, they've already beaten the Sharks once this season. Yes, it was a close game, but I think having that confidence under the belt that they've already beaten them, the Sharks are, are, are looking, you know, injury prone and, and you know, easy errors by the, by the youngsters. So I think the Knights will be able to capitalize, capitalize on that and come out with a win. Yeah, I think sometimes people underestimate Ponga. And I, I, I think I've been a victim of this in the past too, that, you know, he plays that nice guy really, really well. Uh, you know, this nice friendly guy, but... This is a game that I think Ponga is going to have to circle and, and say, you know, I'm going to have to come in and dominate this game. I'm going to have to come in and take over. So that's my expectation of this game is that Ponga can't just go in there and participate. He's going to have to come in and be the difference. All right, guys, it's that time already. Uh, let's round off the show with our rapid fire segment. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you mean. And to close out the show, we're going to race through the rest of the round. We have some big games here. Pierre, I'm going to start with you. Uh, The Melbourne Storm taking on the Raiders on Thursday night. Who have you got in this one? I'm backing the Storms in this one. Alex, do you see an upset here or do you think the Storm will get the job done? Uh, No, I think the Storm will get the Job done just fine. Yeah, no, I watched their team bench. Harry Grant, Ryan Pappenhausen, it, it, it's just amazing the depth they have there at that club. So, yeah, I think the Storm will win that one and win that one 13-plus. Okay, and then on Friday night, we have a good doubleheader here as the St. George Illawarra Dragons come up against the Penrith Panthers. 
Guys, did we see the Penrith Panthers uh, turn things around last week? Uh, Pierre, who do, you, who do you have in this one? Panthers. Panthers are going to take the win. Alex? Go with Panthers on that one. Yeah, I just thought with, uh, you know, with, with the Panthers, you know, there was a lot of excuses around with Nathan Cleary not playing, but they just generally looked tired uh, and there was, you know, some concerns around their defense. But last week they definitely bounced back and there was a huge performance there from Matt Burton, which um, I think we've all been waiting for. Okay, and to round off the double header on Friday night, we see the Brisbane Broncos take on uh, Alex Yormob, the Sydney Roosters. Alex, let, let's go to you. Can, can your guys get the job done here? Yeah, I think so. Got to back my boys and go on the Roosters. Pierre? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the same here with Alex. Um, Roosters are going to definitely take this home. Yeah, look, I think the Broncos are getting a little bit better, but uh, Roosters win this and win this well. Although uh, the potential suspension for Angus Crichton, that, that, that's got to hurt. He is a... He is some player. Okay, let's move forward now to uh, another couple of games on Saturday where the red-hot South City Rabbitohs take on the Gold Coast Titans. Pierre, what's your thoughts on this one? Are the Gold Coast any chance of stopping this runaway train in the Rabbitohs? Yeah, I'm going to tip the Titans to take home the win and also because they're my tip for the underdogs this week. Yeah, that would be some upset. Thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think, you know, after betting against them last week, I learned my lesson, so I think we're going to go Rabbitohs. Okay, and the next one on Saturday is the North Queensland Cowboys uh, taking on the West Tigers. Uh, Pierre, thoughts on this one? Yeah, look, I think um, I think it's going to be a really tight match, if I'm honest, and um, I think I'm going to back the – I'm going to go Cowboys. Okay, excellent. Uh, Alex? Yep, I think I'm going to back the Cowboys. And just because they sit under the Tigers, as far as the ladder is concerned, they're going to be my underdog win for the week. No, I love that. That's uh, Look, the Cowboys, they're on a bit of a losing streak. But, um, yeah, the West Tigers, uh, much to the frustration of their fans, appear to win one, lose one. So yeah, we'll see how that one goes. To round off the round, we see the Warriors take on the Bulldogs. Pierre, thoughts on this game? I think uh, watching the Warriors last week uh, with their win over the Sharks, um, they, did a, they did a great job. And I have the confidence in them to do it again this week against the Bulldogs. Alex? Oh, yeah. No, I, I think the Warriors will be just fine against the Bulldogs. So I see the Warriors winning, taking this one on. Okay. Yeah. Well, look, I am a sucker for punishment. So I am going to tip the uh, Canterbury Bulldogs to upset the New Zealand Warriors in my upset of the week. Uh, we try and be bold here on the network. Uh, but Bulldogs, come on. Give me something time we have for just wanted to thank the panel my amazing panel the best panel in the business for um, joining in again and talking all things nrl to our listeners we hope you enjoyed uh this episode if you did please download subscribe and jump on social media we're available on all platforms please like comment um, and send us through some feedback we really do appreciate that um, until next time we'll see you next week You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports. Mojo Sports.